0: Welcome to the Liberty Room. That's right, the Liberty Room where conservatives can speak their minds with all the freedoms guaranteed by our beloved Constitution. The Liberty Room with me, the one, the only, the Jim Wood. And then sitting next to me, my friend, my brother, my fellow American red, white, and blue patriot, that high flying tall drink of how-do-you-do, Dwight. So for the next hour or so, strap in. Hold on, but don't hold back. When you're hanging with us in the Liberty Room. Were you really just flapping your arms when you said the high flying tall drink out of how do you? I drink? did.
1: Yeah, like this. See? <laughs> I'm flying. See? I've had two cups of coffee, so it's oh kind of hard God. to sit still.
0: Oh, we've got to strap you down here in a few you minutes. Do more already. than that. You might, you uh, might have to uh, sit on me. Oh, my God. No, thank you. You might squash me. What are you trying to say? Hey. I'm just pointing Listen. out the obvious. You're a little I, bit bigger than I am. I'm going to have to keep your mute button close by tonight. I got No, no touchy. I'm no, uh, yeah, I can reach it. It's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Liberty Room. This is your friend, Jim. And guess who's sitting across from me? I'm Dwight. You are Dwight, aren't you? Yes, I am. How are you doing, Jim? I'm good. It's been a long day, long, busy day. But, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. I know that much. How's the gun running going? Gun running is great. Good. Yeah, I mean, we thought Obama was the gun salesman of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, nobody nobody sells guns like uh, they do when the Democrats are in office. But honestly, I would rather have it the other way around myself.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah. My philosophy's always been: if you're selling guns, liquor, or love, there's always going to be business
1: available. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I never heard that statement before, yeah. but uh, I yeah. won't be able to this forget is that a, one. This
0: is America, damn it! That's the way it works. <laughs> Capitalism. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Um, we got a lot of stuff to get in here, and uh, and I'm happy to say that we have a special guest with us this uh, in this particular podcast. Um, so there's going to be a third voice heard throughout the Liberty Room
1: Nation uh, to Liberty Room Nation?
0: You like that? Oh, I do.
1: Reclassified a little bit, just encompassed everyone. I'm going to have to use that in, when I travel down to Miami tomorrow. I'll call yeah. myself the Liberty That's Room right, Nation. That's right, man. Liberty Room is on the move. And we're going global. Uh, we're already
0: global, man. Come on. Yeah, we are. Anyway, so... Uh, tonight we have a friend with us I promised it on Wednesdays with Jim That it was going to happen And now it's happening um, uh, We have a lady with us tonight That's going to help guide us along In our conversation As we talk about one of the topics That is key in uh, American conversation right now When we discuss uh, critical race theory In the schools The direction that uh, you know certain uh, folks Pushing a certain agenda in, um, in indoctrinating our children For the most part Um and she is uh, most definitely an expert in that field. She definitely knows more than we do when it comes to it. So we actually know our limits
1: and know when it's time to bring in the expert. So well, hang, hang, on, hang yeah. on, is she going to talk about how CRT is not in school? Because last time I heard from the wonderful Terry McAuliffe,
0: yes, CRT
1: <sighs> is not. In Virginia school. Well, so let's
0: let let's let her touch on that because okay. you know we all know what an idiot Terry McAuliffe is. True, she has the evidence.
1: Oh, okay, good. All right,
0: good. good. So um, you know now a a Marine, a mom. You had to bring Marine. She into it, is didn't a you? United States Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Just like myself. Once a paratrooper, always a paratrooper. Once a civilian, so, always a civilian. Over here. Well, in your case, it fits. All right. So thank you, Mar- Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> A Marine, a teacher, a mom, a activist, a, a, a force for good when it comes to educating our children. Welcome, Ms. Morgan McCown.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me tonight.
0: <laughs> We're thrilled to death. And I also got to say, school board candidate for Rockbridge County in Virginia. <laughs> Which part
1: of Rockbridge? <laughs> That'd be Kerr's Creek. That's Kerr's. Yeah. Not, not, not this curse stuff that y'all down here say.
0: Y'all down here. Do you, you see what i got to put up with, Morgan?
2: I do. I do. And I'm so sorry for
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to mute now. <laughs> you sit in your corner, all right? We got this. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. No. First off, you know we're doing everything we can to help. You know, from our end, and wish you nothing but good luck. And we're pulling for you. We're helping spread the word as much as we can of of Morgan McCown in 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 Rockbridge County, and and so hopeful at the things that you're going to help bring to the education system, not only there, but by using your voice uh, everywhere in Virginia and beyond. So, um, we're just just tickled to death you're here with us tonight.
2: Thank you for inviting me. First of all, I'm always more than willing to talk to whomever uh, in, in regard to what we're seeing across the board in our educational system, because this is not just limited to Rockridge County. This is all over the state. So I'm so excited to be working with conservatives all over the state in regard to what is happening with our kids.
0: Yeah, you spoke, uh, you spoke in front of our committee, you spoke in front of the county committee, I listened to you speak at the uh, at the district committee meeting, um, uh, and I have to say, I was at actually at the Augusta County meeting Tuesday night, and your name came up, and I uh, Somebody had heard that you had spoke at the Waynesboro meeting the night before, and they were like, what did you think? And I was like, well, what do you think? And they went on and on. It took like 20 minutes. So you have earned such high praise around this area for the hard
1: work you've done. That's because Jim is a super fan of yours. I'm just <laughs> saying. I mean, he has a sign, a campaign sign of yours right here in the bunker. Well.
2: I hey. appreciate
0: it so
1: much. You better watch it. He might be stalking you soon. Nah, super fan over here. Hey, don't be
0: talking like that. Today's my wedding anniversary.
1: <laughs> happy anniversary, Thank Jim! You. Yeah,
2: happy! You are a lucky man. I met your wife the other night, and I said, "What in the world?"
1: <laughs> we all said the same thing. What is she seeing him? I mean, she's hot. He's not. not- right? <laughs>
2: hey, you are a lucky man! Let me just
0: back. Hey, listen. You know, sometimes the uh, the resume speaks for itself. What can I say? That's right. You know, <laughs> but yeah, you you know, it took a woman like her to be able to wrangle a man like me,
2: without a doubt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, and she and she also is a a hard person to uh, to uh, you know to please or to get her attention. And and you know, she was very much into what you had to say at the meeting, your expertise, the homework that you've done. If you don't mind. Just kind of share with our listeners what got you started, where you came from, and, you know, where we're at right now. Just uh, just kind of hit them hard with it.
2: Sure. Okay. So, um, I was a teacher in Rockbridge County. And whenever I found out I was having twins, we decided, my husband and I decided you know, I would stay home for a few years because, well, I don't know if anyone's ever paid for childcare for two infants, <laughs> but it's about two grand a month.
0: Especially so, for twins. Oh, my goodness.
2: Right, right. It didn't make sense. So we decided up front that I was going to stay home. Now, I had only been teaching at RCHS, Rockford County High School, for a few years. And I was the freshman academy teacher, and I was the economics and personal finance teacher as well. Um, and, and whenever we were we were all put on lockdown, and I was pregnant at the time, and I had a seven-year-old and I have a ten-year-old, and we were virtually learning. I realized this is not working. Um, my my children were suffering emotionally, so I decided to start writing to the school board. Like we have to do something. This is not working. This is not conducive. Like my my daughter is about to have an emotional breakdown. This is not acceptable. What do we do? Um, and and I kept receiving oh we're so sorry like we hope you understand we're in a hard position too and Mm -hmm. and and i really tried to to give the benefit of the doubt because i do think that a a pandemic is a, a little different than what we've ever dealt with before um but i think what really set me off is whenever i started to hear about you know the fact that we need to hire more teachers that look like this or that think like this, or yeah. we need to make sure that we do A, B, C, and D. And I'm over here thinking, wait a minute, our kids have been out of school. They have been completely shut off from society. The SOL scores are dismal. The The mental repercussions from COVID are catastrophic. We have yeah. an insane amount of... of anxiety and depression with our kids so that is really what kind of set me off like wait a minute we are not doing what's best for our kids we are doing what the state says we're not doing what yeah. in the best for our children so that started this whole process and once I figured out I, uh, the school board doesn't really know what's going on <laughs> yeah. because they would tell me you know more about this than we do um, and that was in regard You know, once I brought the transgender guidelines up and said what are we doing and that was their literal response I realized okay we have a major problem and I think it really comes back to complacency I think that for so long being on the school board was just a, yeah, I'm on the school board and I vote yes and I support teachers and the end.
0: Oh, very Um, much so.
2: Right. But we haven't necessarily paid attention to what is actually being implemented Mm -hmm. and what are we doing. And so when I realized my kids were suffering And I was voicing my opinion month after month after month. And I was being totally ignored. That's when I started to think, what have I been doing? And how have I, as a former teacher in this district, allowed this to happen? And now here I am, a parent at home with now four kids. And my kids are suffering. What am I doing?
0: Yeah, such a different so, perspective from the parent yeah. side, from the teacher side, and that's been one of my arguments all along. Is you know that school board, um, you know, should be made up of parents, not administrators, not teachers, because it is that difference of opinion, at different viewpoint.
2: Right. Absolutely. And and I think too, like we've for so long we've have kind of just put our kids on the bus. And we said, okay, love you, have a good day. And then you look at their Tuesday or Friday folder, you see all their grades, and then that's it. But we, generally speaking, have been pretty complacent in not showing up and in not taking interest into what our kids are actually learning. So the parent perspective is 100% everything.
0: Oh, yeah, but unfortunately the parents have used the school system as a babysitter for the most part until something like this comes and wakes them up.
2: I agree, and and, and I, I'm just as guilty. I had no idea, and this is how insane this is. As a teacher, I had no idea yeah. what was going on. As a parent, I had no idea what was going on, and it wasn't until I stepped out, side of that realm and I started to do my own research that I realized, oh, wow, we are in some deep trouble.
1: Well, yep. I, I think with this pandemic, though, I think a lot of parents have woken up. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty, but I've got two kids, nine and 12, and I'm, I'm used mm-hmm. to throwing them on the bus and then going off to work or doing what I have to do. But during the pandemic, when they were doing the whole virtual learning, I think I told you, Jim, I, I know I haven't had a chance to tell you, Morgan, but there was a, my son was in sixth grade here. And, um, one of his teachers decided to have them do an assignment, uh, based on an internet video on YouTube. And the video was by, I forget, it's this guy who, who, um, who, he covers historical periods and he, he does it to, uh, he does parody songs and changes the words. Mm-hmm. And, um, so my son had this assignment and so he's trying to do it and he's not understanding it. And so I kept telling him, go back trip, go back and do it again, go listen to it again, thinking that it was a legitimate video. And eventually, my son, after three times, didn't understand it. So I finally said, "Okay, let me look at the video." And I started watching, and I was appalled that that a teacher was was having them learn off of a parody video on YouTube. On YouTube, on and there, it, it was, the issue was on uh, you know the Great Depression, a really dark time in American history. And this guy on YouTube is making light of it with a parody video.
2: Oh my And gosh. I had
1: no idea. And I ended up writing his teacher and saying, "Hey, this is not right." And you no. know I, this is this is unacceptable. Do not do this again. Um, without a go ahead, Morgan. Sorry.
2: Well, no, no. I was just going to say, without a doubt, like that, and, and that's one of the things that we have we've seen is exactly what you're talking about. Because had we been in school the entire time, we wouldn't have known these things were happening. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend. Whose child, whose third grader was given a book about tearing down statues of a man who was a quote unquote Indian killer for a third <laughs> grader.
1: Wow.
2: So we're not, we wouldn't have known that any of this was happening. And I think yours is a, a, a prime example of the fact that had your child been in school 100% of the time, would
1: you have had a clue yeah no i never would have I mean, unless my son came home and talked about it and and i've sat down with both kids you know since then and said look i want to know what's going on at school you you need to tell me you know especially with you know with us being involved in politics again i don't mm-hmm. care who the president is but i want to know how is your teacher talking about the president for example you know i, I much as like i don't like joe biden she shouldn't be up there bashing him she should be telling you facts not her opinion yeah. Right. And, you know, same when Obama was president, my son was in, I think, first or second grade, you know, same thing. It's okay, teach fact about him. Don't be bashing him. Don't like him, but let's, your job as a teacher is to teach the kids how to think, not what to think.
2: Absolutely. You are 100% correct. And I think one of the most difficult parts, so I used to play this game with my students. And they would have to stand on, you know, one side of the room or the other or in the middle. And we would talk about current events. Um, and I remember one time I said, the wall, do you support it? And they would position themselves. And the whole object of the game was for them to uh, defend your perspective using logic. And and I would play devil's advocate. And I would say, okay, that, that's a great point. And then I would give the another student the opportunity to interject and to say, this is what I think, and this is how I feel, and then another student, and that's what you allow. You allow the students to go back and forth and to say, this is how I feel. This is what I see. This is what I understand, and by doing that, you're teaching them to think for themselves, but at the same time, how to communicate with other people that they might not necessarily agree with the problem is whenever we give them an assignment and we say here is CNN and MSNBC and those are your two resources now yeah. research
1: yeah. and
2: and that's presenting a skewed narrative instead of the entire picture and allowing the child to sit there and say wait a minute i don't agree with this or i saw this and this made more sense to me you you, you can't present one little tiny puzzle piece and expect the child to be able to draw a non-biased perspective from what you've just given them.
0: Yeah, we kind of got introduced to it in our house a little bit earlier and pur- purely by accident. Uh, my son just started his sophomore year in college <clears throat> excuse me and um, when he was in the seventh grade and his first year of middle school, um, he came home with his report card one day and had a B in math. Now, my son has never been an issue, never been a problem, always been a good student. And he came home with that B in math. Well, me personally, I would, when I was his age, I'd have been happy to have a B in math because I sucked in math. Um, but he, uh, you know, it bothered him. Well, just so happens I you know, knew his, his math teacher um, through our Little League football program here in town. And I called him and I said, hey, what can we do? And he just went, Jim, I've got 25 kids in that class. I don't have time to just stop and pay attention to one. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, I'm not asking you to pay attention to one. What can we do here at home to help him? And we had a conversation and I got off the phone and I started asking uh, my son about it. And he said, Dad, there's like three or four kids in that class who don't speak English. And half of this Uh class is the other kids interpreting for those kids. So we only get like half a class time anyway. Oh, no. So we went ahead and scheduled a, a, an, an appointment to um, uh, Fishburn Military School, which is here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes. we sent, and we went up for the tour, and we're going through the academic part of the, the, the campus. And we come past this little small room, and I, I had like five or six desks in it. And I asked the lady, I said, what's in that room? She goes, oh, that's our eighth grade math class. I said, how many kids are in that class? Five. Wow, that right there pretty much sealed the deal for us. So we sent him, and 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 that's kind of the point I'm getting to. Um, you know, we sent him to Fishburn Military School. He, like I said, he wasn't a behavior problem. He was an Eagle Scout, a Vigil Honoree, um, National Honor Society. He's been always been a good kid. Had his pick of colleges when he graduated high school, and uh, he got the, his choice and is in the field that he cho- he chose. You know and And, uh, you know, once he got there, he struggled a little bit in the beginning because the difference in what goes on in the public school versus the different level of education that he got in the private school, man, it was night and day. Right. And now you can see everybody starting to clue in on this, um, teaching the basics of writing, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic versus an agenda because the private schools in this area of Virginia – um, who used to have an excess of seats available now have waiting lists that are three years long.
2: Yes, without a doubt. So, and I kind of would, you know, just want to speak to that for a second. As a teacher, I had a student who spoke no English, Yeah, zero English, and, um, and I am not an ESL teacher, so I am not trained to teach English as a second language. Mm-hmm. So what I would end up doing is taking every assignment that I gave and I would convert it into Spanish to try to help this student. Huh. And and it was just, it was a nightmare. It's a lot of extra work um,
1: for you to do, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, it was hours and hours and I wrote the, you know, the central office, like, Hey, what do I do? I wrote, you know, my, my division leader, it was just a mess. It was a mess because I had this kid, I'm expected to help this kid learn, but yet I can't communicate with this kid. Um, and so I was literally taking everything and translating it to Spanish for him um, and, and I don't mind doing whatever it takes to help a child learn, but it does take away from the other students. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying in regard to, to private school is absolutely correct. I mean, we see an influx of children leaving the public school and entering the private school sector or entering the homeschool sector.
0: Oh, that's big um, now. Absolutely. Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah, and, and and I think that's because most parents feel totally ignored.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's we've made that comment on here several times when we've talked, you know, because we had the two-part episode on education, and we've talked about it, how why are te- or teachers, certain teachers, I won't say all teachers, why are certain mm-hmm. teachers getting upset when they know the parents are in the background during all this virtual
1: learning thing we went through? Yeah, I remember my, my daughter had a a parent lay into a teacher during a virtual class and which was completely completely unprofessional. Um but teachers shouldn't be appalled or, or have any problem with a, with a parent. They they should want parents to be involved. I mean, it, right. it's 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 the parent's child that they're teaching. And you know, like my the, the school that my daughter goes to, they're They're, they're really good at creating relationships. And so every teacher she's had, every teacher my son had while he was there, we've gotten to know the teacher by first name basis. You know, they knew my son had ADHD. They knew my daughter was headstrong and she'll kill anybody (laughs) that that crosses her the wrong way. Um, She's a, she's a future assassin. I'm just going to tell you that. She is. (laughs) She's probably going to be a a Marine when she gets older. I'm just saying. She's perfect. We could
2: be best friends
1: yeah um but we, we had we developed that relationship with them and if there was an issue they would call us and they would let us know what's going on and and you know there wasn't there wasn't any kind of um how do I put it there was no animosity between the, the parents and the teachers when it came to us and and that's to me is what's required you know I was yeah. homeschooled my parents took me out I was I was I went to public school first grade uh, private Christian school second grade and I was homeschooled third grade on and so I have a, a particular love for homeschool. I mean, it 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 formed me. My parents were able to keep me uh, learning about Jesus Christ throughout my entire right. school career until I got to college. And you know, when I look back and g- I look at it and go, my parents were able to formulate, you know, my education. And parents today should be able to do the exact same thing, even at the public school setting. They have to be able to get involved, and when and when teachers Not and principals. Not a Terry McAuliffe. And that's why he's not going to win because that idiot comes up there and says that parents should not be involved in their child's education. That is BS. Every parent should be involved in their child's education, whether it's a private or public school. It does not matter. Well, the
2: sad thing is though, is some people agree with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if,
2: if, if we're being honest about where we are as a society, You know, I totally agree with you. And some of my best students were my homeschooled students who would come in and they would be like, I've been homeschooled for the last eight years. But they would have the best eye contact. They knew how to utilize a computer in a proficient manner. They knew how to speak eloquently. They could engage with an audience. I mean, they were some of my best students. Um, so so I, I absolutely see the value in, in parents taking an active role. And I think where we are now, and this is going to be really sad, and I, you know, I hate to say dismal, but we are in a position to where we have a Democratic candidate, candidate for governor who thinks that parents have no role in the education of their own children. And we have current elected officials who are perpetuating that idea and who are silent while all of this happens. I mean, if you think about it, like even something as as minuscule as the mask mandate, what would the state do if every school division pushed back and said, no.
1: There's nothing but they me, really can do. Yeah. No.
2: Right. Exactly. But isn't it the parents responsibility to decide what sort of health devices that they want on their children? If you want to put a mask on your kid, that's your decision as a parent, but it is not the governor's decision to dictate that. Amen. So I, I just imagine, you know, if, And I hear it so often from these school boards. We don't have a choice. Our hands are tied. It's the law. Actually, (laughs) it's a mandate. It's not a law. It's not a law. It's a mandate. And and, and I have yet to wear a mask on school property because of my own reasons Mm -hmm. that are no business of anyone else's. But... A law and a mandate are two different things. And what would the governor do if every school board said no? But instead, we have these school boards that say, I'm sorry, parents, I know you're not okay with this, but we're going to vote yes just because we're going to go with whatever the governor says. That's not a body that's truly representative of, the people they were elected to represent. We, if you are voting yes just because it's convenient, then you are, are literally going against every meaning of the intention of representing your constituents.
0: Yeah, we had some people in the gun store one day in the middle of a conversation. And I don't know if you realize this, but, you know, they used to talk about the barbershop of the 50s. That's where uh, where the, the crossroads of every town was. Well, now it seems to be the gun store.
1: In particular, your gun store.
0: In particular, my gun store, you know. So, um, you know, and it's funny. There was there was a, a member of the county school board there, and we were having the conversation. And the, the school board uh, member said, well, if we go against this – and the discussion was about the transgender bathrooms. And they said, "Well, if we go against this, the 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 state could pull the majority of our funding, and then what we would do." And one of the citizens standing went, "Well, raise my taxes." And he looked right. at he looked at me and he looked at the guy and he went, "You mean you would really pay more taxes?" He didn't even get the sentence out of his mouth He goes, you absolutely damn right I would. If it meant I have control over my kids' education, who goes in their bathrooms, who don't go in their bathroom, and the overall safety of my child when they're in public school, I don't mind to pay extra taxes to make my, to to guarantee the you know, the, the, the safety of my child. And I would rather do that than have the state dictate and tell me what I can and can't do with my child.
1: But Morgan, I, I think you bring up a good point though, too, is that these school boards are making decisions for what's convenient for them. And, and, and it's, it comes down to like any politician. I think they get into it for, for the right reason in the beginning. Power goes to their head and then it's all about CYA. Yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. all about covering their rear end making themselves look good. And, you know, honestly, like you said, they're not representing the people that put them in office.
0: Well, again, that goes back to what we said about, you know, teachers and administrators being on the school board rather than parents. Right.
2: Right. Absolutely. So last year I actually put out a survey for just strictly Rockbridge County um, parents. And I asked, you know, are you, okay with what the school board is doing. Do you feel represented? Like, blah, 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 blah. It went on and on. I asked, like, five different questions. Eighty-six percent of parents felt like the school board was making decisions without considering the parents. Yeah. Eighty-six percent. Yep. That number has not changed, and that clearly reiterated in the fact that we have an astronomical number of students who have withdrawn from the public school system and are now being homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just myself. And I, I know that's the narrative of, of the school board. It's the narrative of the local newspaper. And that's fine. I'll be your Huckleberry.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> I've got a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, but let's be real. The problem isn't me. The problem is that I'm bringing light to what every parent has thought, every parent has felt, and we would absolutely not be withdrawing our kids from the public school system if we felt like we were being hurt. If the only intention of the public school board is to vote unanimously yes every single time then there is no reason to have them to begin
1: with. Agreed. Yeah. And, and Morgan, see, what, what you're doing, though, is you're doing what every parent should be doing, right? I mean, you're going to school board meetings. How many parents actually go to the meetings? I mean, up until all the CRT, up until the transgendered in the bathrooms, you know, here in our city, five people show up maybe. You know, no one shows up yeah. to meetings. But then we wonder why right. things are getting out of control. Why Why parents have lost control because we gave up control a long time ago. We don't show up to meetings. I go to city council I, meetings. There's like 10 yeah. of us there. Yep. We have a city of 25,000 people and 10 people show up. And we wonder why our taxes go up.
2: Right. I completely agree. And I, I say this in, in every you know talk that I give, every presentation that I give. This didn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. You know, we have evidence of McAuliffe bringing in CRT into our public school system in 2015. So this is not overnight. But we have been extremely complacent. And I have been guilty myself as a parent, as an educator. I have completely given up responsibility of oversight to the school board, and to the superintendent. So it it is absolutely on our shoulders. So what I say to that, and and I would agree, because when I started this journey, it was myself and maybe three other people in attendance at these school board meetings. And now we have a pretty good little crowd. Um, You know, they they might want to report, the school division might want to say that we're out there yelling at people. But really, you
0: are a domestic terrorist. I, I am. You know,
2: <laughs> and I actually, I will say this, this is a funny story to me. Okay. So I went to the store today. I went to pick up something for my husband and I had the person that was working the register who knew that I was running for school board. And they said, are you safe? And I said, ma'am, I'm a Marine and I believe in the right to carry a firearm. I can assure you, I'm always sick. <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> she said, you know, I, I just, I worry about you for speaking the truth and saying what you're saying because people are crazy yeah. and I don't want you to get hurt. And that's why I don't speak up because I don't want to get hurt. Wow. Thought you are
0: the reason mm-hmm. why I'm
1: speaking. Hell yeah! So, so Morgan, it's funny you bring that up because I'm going to jump in here with a quick comment <laughs> too. I uh, I've been no, that's I'm, awesome. I'm a uh, I kind of like reading books on on business management and case studies on companies, and I've been reading this book by uh, Jack Welch, who's the former uh, <laughs> CEO of GE. His mm-hmm. book called Winning, mm-hmm. and in I, I want to say like in chapter two, he's talking about the lack of candor. Nobody has candor anymore. Nobody speaks the truth. People are too afraid of saying something, not speaking up, not saying something because they don't want to get fired. They don't want to be thought different. They don't want to offend somebody. They, they don't want to come back to bite them. And I realize that having candor, that's a risk, but as a, as a (laughs) human being, it's kind of your responsibility. I mean, to
0: me, Yeah, yeah. in this day and time, it takes a certain personality though like a retired army paratrooper? (laughs) Well, you know, maybe, I mean, because I didn't get involved in all this stuff until the governor said, you know, we'll deliver the baby. We'll make it comfortable and then decide what to do. Yeah. That was the line for me. That's when I went to search out my first Republican committee meeting to find out what in the hell they're doing about this. Did you ever find it? It took a while, but I found it and I wasn't satisfied with the answer. And now we have a new Republican committee where I live. Did you join it? Um, I'm the vice chairman of it. You are? How about that? Wow. <laughs> they elected
1: you vice chair. Holy yeah. cow. I don't think they knew what they were getting They'll into. do anybody in there, I guess.
0: But, you know, then the Second Amo- Amendment movement, yep. and, you know, the way I look at it, the time I spent in uniform, uh, the time I spent in combat, the time I spent, you know, uh, defending this Constitution, um, you know, I hate to sound cliche, but it, that did not have an expiration date, and therefore I will defend it with the veracity I did as, as, an, as an infantryman. And right. nobody's Absolutely. going to tell me any different. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Absolutely. You know, whenever I was, I was teaching, um, this was right before we found out we were pregnant with twins. Um, and this is when the, the two way sanctuary thing was, was hot. Oh yeah. Um, and, and so I, I emailed my principal, you know, at this, the high school that I was working and I said, I just want you to know. I would like to speak tonight at the the Board of Supervisors meeting in regard to the two-way sanctuary will I be fired and he said no your freedom of speech does not end because you are a teacher and I said perfect <laughs> so <laughs> I mm-hmm. went up there as a teacher you know in the auditorium at uh, the school that I taught at and and I advocated second amendment right mm-hmm. and never in a million years did i think i would find myself in this position <laughs> but i think that where we are at as a society is exactly what you just said we yeah. have politicians in place that are okay with murdering babies
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know i
2: was be okay with that
0: yeah. i will never be okay with that no you know as, as a guy i, I always kind of kept my opinion to myself now I, I never believed in abortion at all and i i kind of kept my opinion to myself because as a guy i don't care what society tries to tell me today i am a male biologically and attitude wise <laughs> um I, I will never have a baby so therefore i Thank kept my God. opinion to myself and <laughs>
1: And, and can't imagine what kind of baby you'd produce. <laughs> He'd kick your butt. He probably um, would. he would probably come out in your army ACUs
0: and But I never I never he's voiced a my opinion person. until he, he do what? I
2: said you're a
0: birthing person. <laughs> a birthing person. Oh my That's god. That's right. Yeah, you're not a father anymore. Yeah, that just put the fear in a lot you're, of people's You're person minds. number one. <laughs> But I never voiced my opinion until I was in the operating room. My wife had a C-section in the operating room and watched my son being born. At that point, I knew that I had the right to say what I what was on my mind at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, the same thing here. When, when my, my wife had uh, our, our daughter in Charlottesville and the, we went in for the, the, um, the, the checkup after birth because she had a C-section and the doctor said, well, you know, you know. If you if you have another child, Lydia can't have uh, children anymore because you know whole tube tied thing. But uh, they said it's like a one percent chance of getting pregnant again. But if it, if it happens, we'll resolve it. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean resolve it, doctor? Mm. Well, I, I wanted to get to say abort. I knew what he was trying to get at. Yeah, he wouldn't say it. And it was at that point where it's like, no, this is wrong. And then when when our wonderful governor King Northam decides that he, we can kill babies outside of the womb. I mean that did it for me, you know. It's 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 a classic case of the state trying to take our our kids away from the us. The rights
0: of the parent, yeah.
1: You know, we're, we're going to kill the baby, but if the baby survives somehow. We're gonna we're gonna take care of its education too. And you parents have absolutely no right.
2: Absolutely, and you know, to, to I've never actually told the story publicly, but whenever I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, I was experiencing a lot of pain and they thought maybe it's an ectopic pregnancy, meaning that maybe it's actually in your fallopian tube, which Mm -hmm. could kill you. Um, and so I sat there in the room and they said, well, if it is an ectopic pregnancy, then, you know, you need to get an abortion basically. And I, as a mother was like, no, (laughs) no. That that wasn't even a, if, if, if that's the case, then then I'm going down with her. I'm not, I'm not going to just say, okay, you take her. Now there are absolutely some pretty catastrophic cases that do occur. And, and I am always very upfront about my, my PTSD as a result of what I experienced in the military, um, result of sexual trauma
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and I do know that there are things that happen that we don't necessarily have control over however there are things that we can do to not just it's not just about protecting ourselves because in my view when God says here's a baby here's a baby yeah here's a human life it's not it's not an option it's a life it's a heartbeat it's a person it's a, a personality and I think that what we've done is we've created this, this whole mindset that you know just because it didn't happen the way that you planned that it's less important it's less of a life and and I think we're perpetuating that to our kids. Well,
1: what we're what saying, this what what this is is it's man trying to play the role of God. Yeah. And and and, until, and and if man recognizes that God actually exists, then man can't play that role because we recognize that it's a sin and it's wrong. And and I agree with you there there are some instances where, you know, as a human I could I could see an abortion mm-hmm. taking place. Not that I, I, you know, I promote it cause I would not, I'm, I'm against hundred percent regardless right. of the case. I believe that yep. when, and, and when something happens to somebody, there's a reason behind it. Even if it's something, even if it's, you know, if it was a rape or whatever, that's just, it might've been, might've been bad for that person, but who's mm-hmm. to say that God's not going to use that, that experience to make that person better, make them stronger. Um, yeah, whatever. I think we're taking that out of God's hands and saying we're gonna take care of the outcome. We're gonna determine it ourselves. And, and we're right. doing that both with abortion. We're doing that with edu- kids' education. We're, you know, well that's what I was getting ready to say. You know, just the conversation now,
0: you know, and me and Dwight have the worst habit of this all the time. We'll come into something with a topic that we're going to talk about, and it just drifts off into <laughs> conversation, you know. And that's, part, I guess, maybe that's part of our appeal. Maybe I don't even, I, I don't even know how to describe. Tonight
1: was Superman being gay, right?
0: It,
2: right. Well, did you hear that the <sighs> break my heart?
0: Well, <laughs> what did you say?
2: One of the artists quit. Oh yeah, the
0: yeah. Cult, yeah, yeah yeah. I saw that. And I, I yeah. can't say that I blame him, but you know. We're we're talking about all this stuff, and you're looking at all of it. You're looking at how we have allowed the government to become so big and so powerful that now it honestly believes that it can not only fix an election, mm-hmm. you know, but it can, um, you know, it can control every aspect of your child's life to make it a child of the state, right. from the birthing process to the to who raises the child, who educates the child, you know, into where they're going to go, you know post uh, you know post education yep. because of the way they have directed them to begin with and you know a first thing to do is break somebody down you break down the parental unit the household you break down you know the the amount of of uh, in the black community how many uh, single parents they are fatherless mm-hmm. you know relationships you know to what we're talking about now and it all ties into i was really interested in what you were saying uh, the other night uh, morgan about the books in the library that were yeah. that were pertaining specifically to making, uh, making our kids feel less of themselves because of their, of their skin color and, and, and white supremacy. Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Yes. So, you know, for uh, I guess about a year now, I've been targeted on my social media um, by our school boards um, who are telling me that I'm a liar I'm fear-mongering, and everything in between.
0: Common tools um, of the liberals. Yep.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually went on to our school library
0: resources,
2: um, and, and I looked at our middle school, our elementary school, our high school libraries, and you can actually see what books are available for checkout online. So I did that, and I found that there's books By Ibram X. Kendi, who is essentially the modern day godfather of critical race theory. Mm -hmm. So we have um, a book by him called Stamped Out from the Beginning. We have a book by him called um, How to Be an Anti Racist. Then we have books by Robin D'Angelo. We have, um, you know, books that are based on the premise of white supremacy and when i looked at the antithesis meaning i looked at the opposing view so i said all right let's say that they're trying to provide resources on one side of the conversation let me see if there are conversations you know available or resources available for students that argue the antithesis of crt So meaning, I looked for books by Candace Owens, Thomas Saul, um, Dr. Carol Swain, who is a Virginia native, by the way, and I found nothing, absolutely nothing, and Dr. Carol Swain actually just released a wonderful book that I gave away to um, someone at um, your Republican meeting the other night in Waynesboro, Um, but but her book explained CRT and, and talked about the ways that it's integrated into our school systems, and then how do you fight it? Um, that book is not available. So this argument that I keep hearing, well, this is about, you know, providing all aspects of, theory, uh, of history and, and giving students a wide variety of resources. Really, that's not the case. We're giving them the resources that perpetuate CRT. We're giving them resources that perpetuate the idea of white supremacy and white superiority, but we're not giving them resources that argue against these concepts. For example, Candace Owens wrote a wonderful book called um, Blackout, and Mm -hmm. She actually talks about some of the, the claims that are made within CRT, like um, it, the, the housing claims, like, you know, American housing is inherently racist or capitalism is inherently racist or what have you. She argues and she talks about the fact that the, the, the black family, the black nuclear family, was more intact in Jim Crow America. Mm -hmm. than it is today so maybe it's not a black versus white maybe we have a problem with the need for the nuclear family maybe we need a sound mom and dad to cultivate what a child needs to be that nurturer and that disciplinarian Maybe it has nothing to do with skin color and everything to do with what the home environment is like. So, you know, her, along with Dr. Carol Swain, along with um, Thomas Saul, they argue against all these various points of CRT, and yet their materials are not located within our school library. (laughs) So that's why I have a problem.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and it's funny you mentioned that, you know, about the nuclear family, because if I remember correctly, you know, the, the BLM organization, Black Lives Matter, part of their philosophy was to blow up the nuclear family. And I look at it and I go, well, wait a minute. The nuclear family was what? A husband, a wife, and two two 2.3 kids or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I want to go back to the Bible for a second. God ordained a family as being a man and a woman, right? And there's a reason behind that. You know, you, and and getting rid of one of the parents, a single parent cannot raise children adequately. Okay? And as, as controversial as that may sound, they cannot, because a child's gonna be lacking something. I look at my own family, you know, I, I I fly airplanes for a living, so I'm gone. I'll be gone all next week on a nine day trip. While I'm gone, who'd watch my kids? Yeah. Would you, Jim? Well, yeah, I would. I know you would. More, I'm sure Morgan would love to have two more kids. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, you got four already. Right. What's two more, right? <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. But my point what is a that nightmare.
1: it takes two of us to raise our kids. If I'm gone, she covers. If she's gone, I cover. I can teach my kids some stuff. She teaches them some stuff. It take, It takes two.
0: Oh, when my son was my, my son was young, my duty time, I, I worked at night, basically. Mm-hmm. And she had a job where she worked during the day. We would literally high-five each other in the doorway as I went out to duty. She came in from work. You know, we tag-teamed, you know, just having one child. I can't imagine, oh, my goodness, four.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially I, twins. I, You're so outnumbered. <laughs>
2: you know, and, and that's, I think that's really what it comes down to is, I, I often get heckled and made fun of because I pulled my kids from public school. Um, after last year, what my kids went through when they were you know told one minute, all right, you get to start Monday, and the school board would meet that Thursday and or that Tuesday and yeah. and extend the start date or what have you. Yeah. When when my kids suffered and I went through every bit of that with them, you know, and I, I pulled them from the public school system. I, I hear that a lot. Well, you don't even have kids in the public school system. <laughs> well, yeah, because people like you are in charge.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, well, here in, in our little city of Waynesboro, um, my son went to Fishburn Military School, but I still paid taxes to the Waynesboro right. City School System so therefore that, i have a right to say so exactly
2: absolutely absolutely and you know whenever it takes a nuclear family and we're disregarding that and we're playing this whole game like oh it's fine you can you can do this on your own we know that kids that that don't grow up in in a home where they have both mother and father there or a sound you know, family structure there, that they're more likely to be incarcerated. Mm -hmm. They're less likely to graduate from high school. And I saw it as a teacher. I saw my kids who, one of the most bothersome things is hearing the fact that, Oh, she only taught for a few years. All right. Well, I don't care because (laughs) let me tell you something. I still tutor some of my kids in a gas station in the middle of nowhere every week to make sure that they graduate on time.
0: Awesome. And these are
2: the kids that are forgotten about. Yeah. And these are the kids that, that don't have anyone in the public school system advocating for them. So I know for a fact what a sound home environment does for a kid, but at the same time, it is a partnership. And instead of the school system saying, we have ultimate control and you can't do anything about it, maybe they should step back and say, wait a minute, you're the parent. Let us work with you. What do you need from us? Well, there's,
0: okay. one, there's one thing that's coming back, coming up these days that I read more about that just makes me happy um, is the fact that you're getting small communities together you know, groups of 10, 15 families who are pooling their money together and paying teachers to come in and Mm -hmm. make sort of like the little small community schoolhouse you know almost like you know little house on the prairie or something like that you know it, but it's an awesome idea because you know your parents are more there you have the uh, you know you have the schoolroom uh atmosphere where the kids socialize but they're still supervised and and their curriculum is supervised there's some things that are coming out of this th- out of this home um issue that I think are absolutely awesome Without a doubt
2: we do have homeschool pods um and one of my great friends brandy mitchell um, she has really taken this this whole idea of let me see how we can integrate the churches with what what yeah. we need yep. you know within the school system and she's she has been fantastic and i know it's a little unorthodox for school school board candidate to say hey here's a here's a school idea but at the end of the day I'm about what's doing best for the kids, and yeah. if we're at the point to where we have pornography in our school system and CRT coming down from the state, you do what's best for you. Um,
0: yeah, and that and to me, that just proves exactly what your motivation is. It's not political. It's there for the right no. reasons. That's right.
2: No, no. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I joke all the time. I'm probably the least politically correct person you've ever met. <laughs>
1: I've noticed in your Facebook posts. <laughs> I'm
2: not Willy Wonka and I don't sugarcoat. You know what?
0: <laughs> you, you can take a girl out of the Marines, but you can't take the Marines out of the girl, right?
2: <laughs> you are absolutely right. But but without a doubt, we, we are doing what we have to right now to make sure that our parents feel heard. And I hear from a daily basis from parents who are frustrated. They're sad. They're yeah. sick. They're up at night and whenever I bring that to the school board and they say, prove it. that tells me all I need
0: to know. So. No, it's funny you know I, I you know we haven't had a lot of conversations and I don't know how far back you know about my history, but I was never ever somebody who thought I would be involved in politics <laughs> and ran for city council <laughs> here in Waynesboro after that Second Amendment movement. And you know I've always you know been kind of referred to as a bull in a China shop.
1: Oh yeah Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: you know'
2: get it more old pardon we need a few more bowls
0: well and and you know that's exactly what i'm saying you know it's it's uh, i never imagined you know being uh, in some of the positions i've been in in the last couple of years it's it's funny after i spoke at the second amendment movement uh meeting uh second amendment um, sanctuary meeting uh for augusta county the next day i go into to the store and i get a phone call some guy had tracked me down on facebook and he called from he was from georgia Man, I, I saw what you said last night on, online, and, and I just need to know, what do we do now? <laughs> what the hell you mean, what do we do now? I don't even know who you are, you know? But then all of a sudden, you got more people going, okay, I'll stand up as long as you're standing with me. Yep. So
2: right. and that, that's it's the same thing amazing. with CRT. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, it, I don't, it's hard for me because I am a stay-at-home mom. We do have a farm. Yeah. My husband has a construction company, so we're we're pretty busy. But I find myself on the phone at least eight hours every single day mm-hmm. from people I've never even met yeah. about CRT.
0: Well, yeah, when and, it, when it came to me running for for city council, it was hilarious because you know I started doing a uh, um, uh, well. Long story short, um, uh, one of the former. Um, committee officials referred to the people who supported me as a redneck army. And I didn't even know anything about it. You know, somebody else heard it and it kind of took on a life of its own. And we show up at the committee elections and some of my supporters were there and they're outside and they've got these chicken biscuits and coffee and this table sitting there, it's covered in red ribbons and me like a goober. I walked over and I went, what's the red ribbons for? And they're like, we're the redneck army. You're our general. And I'm like, holy cow, that's what I need, another nickname. But now, you know, we had T-shirts made up, all this. And and to see how many people are concerned about what goes on and how much influence you can have. And that's where I just applaud you so much is because you are standing up like this. Mm -hmm. We made the T-shirts up at the request of our folks. Now, we do the Wednesday night show, Wednesdays with Jim, which grew out of that movement. um, And it's grown to where we have viewers from all over the world and it's funny the first two t-shirts that we put online and sold one went to michigan and one went to texas <laughs> <laughs> so the, yes. so you know getting that word out there is so important oh, yeah. you know and and people are ready to to make the move it just seems like it takes somebody to give them a little nudge and I'm, I'm i'm hopeful because i see that but you know one thing i do want to cover with you something that you said and and you know we're going to be wrapping up on time here pretty soon you made the comment about being an anti-racist. And, and after our meeting, you explained the pathway to being what they define as an anti-racist. Could you tell our listeners what you told us about that?
2: Yeah. So um, on the VDOE website, there's actually a whole section that's dedicated to being an anti-racist. And when we're talking about the legislation that was passed for teachers to be trained with cultural competency— Being an anti-racist or for school leaders to establish an anti-racist climate is actually listed in there. So when you use the VDOE, the Virginia Department of Education, to define anti-racism, that's basically acknowledging the fact that racism is pervasive in all aspects of society. And that if we are not actively working to dismantle that, then we are perpetuating the idea of white supremacy and white superiority. Now, if you choose to not acknowledge someone's skin color, so like for myself, for example, I don't, I don't care about someone's skin color. <laughs> I view people as people. Um, so according to the Department of Education, the Virginia Department of Education, I would be viewed as a colorblind racist.
1: Um, yep, you're racist. You <laughs>
0: wouldn't even talk to me. So, yeah, you are definitely racist. He's still upset that you were texting me that night. I oh, so am. Yeah, you know.
1: texted a white man, not a black man. You know?
2: I, I did. I said, hey. It's that white privilege of yours,
1: Jim. I got my card. you to want, want to see know. it? <laughs> see, this
2: is why we're best friends. It's
1: because we're white. Wait, you're now best friends? All right, I'm done. Yeah. Just just, just hit your meat button and let her (laughs) finish. Fine. I'll (laughs) shut up now. Go ahead.
2: But, you know, in, in all seriousness, when we say we're not doing that here, we don't teach CRT here, I think it's important that people know what the Department of Education has been perpetuating since 2015. And as of now, every teacher must absolutely be trained in cultural competency which does include being an anti-racist. Now you will also see works of art, as I like to call them, (laughs) being endorsed by the Department of Education by Ibram X. Kendi um, and Robin DiAngelo. And both of those authors are, are proponents and perpetuators of critical race theory. And what we're seeing within the Department of Education is instead of saying critical race theory we're saying culturally responsive teaching. Um, Can I read one, one
1: quick thing about the anti-racism that you brought up? Sure. So I went to the website like you just told us to go do, the VDOE and they yep. have their Navigating Equity book, PDF yep. and this, and I had never read this before, thank you for bringing this up but this is, this is a, a, a statement they have in there we remain steadfast in our commitment to the principles of anti-racism cultural proficiency, resource equity, and high expectations for all students. Further, we recognize that anti-racist education leaders are critical partners in our efforts to advance our broader equity priorities, yada, yada, yada. I had no idea this was written in an official document on the VDOE website. Yeah, Yeah. This is exactly what they're, I mean, they're they're, they're holding our teachers to this. This Mm anti-racism crap. Yep. Yes.
2: Yes, and so I have actually been speaking about this For about a year now um, Specifically to the CRT stuff For about a year And every step of the way I have been called a liar By our school board um, Locally Been accused of fear mongering I mean this has gotten Really really nasty And all I'm doing is using The Department of Education
0: Using their own words (laughs) against them yes yes
2: and so one thing too that i think is is super important um because i know that as a lot of people bring this up to their school board they are being told we are not teaching crt we're not doing it; it's not in our curriculum well crt is not its own curriculum it never has been Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about crt in the realm of K-12 education, it can literally be integrated into any aspect of school. So it, it, it could be history, it could be math, um, it could be social studies, civics, it could be science, whatever you want. You can apply an anti-racism lens to whatever you want it to be. I mean, it, 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 it is not its own
1: well, it could be a, something as simple as t- teaching our kids that we can't celebrate Columbus Day anymore? Yes, yeah. and, yeah. and, and we're getting and rid of the holiday, so it makes us anti-racist because he was a racist. Therefore, you know, we're doing something that's now that's going that's going to clean up history. It's going to it's going to reinterpret what our history yeah. is. Yeah,
2: and 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 not to, to you know, I, I know we're we're limited on time, so I real quickly I do just want to say um, you know and. In one of our school board meetings, our, um, our curriculum director gave a presentation about the equity team that we had that what had read and distributed a book called, I think it was, you know, Cultural Competency. I, I think that's the name of it. Um, I can give you the name for sure. Um, and in this book, they cited critical race theory Mm -hmm. on multiple occasions and they you know had assignments in this book which asked the participants to analyze the tenets of critical race theory so critical race theory is in this book that is in my school system and i said wait a minute what are we doing if we're not teaching this why do we have this let's prohibit this as a material if we're not teaching it And the response was, "No, we're not going to prohibit that material. It's original."
0: So, (laughs) it's unbelievable what they tell you, and then and just turn right around and do it anyway, or do it and then say, "Uh, "This is not the droid you're looking for." You know, (laughs) (laughs) gotta go Star Wars, don't you? I got to plug it in there somewhere. (laughs) You know, you know. And it's so. It's been so saturated. It's it's slowly came along, and 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 you know it's being pushed. People don't realize. And like again, you go back to our two part. Uh, series that we did on education, which I got a feeling that uh, y- you're going to have to join us again because we're going to do some more on this in the future. Part three, yeah,
1: <laughs> four or five. <laughs> you
0: know, we talked about the early days of of modern education and John Dewey and and how he yeah. was so tied in with uh, with Lenin and yeah. their teachings. Yep. Um, you know, this has been something that we're you know is just now really kind of getting out there to the conservatives or to, to people like us as we're seeing what's happening. Um, and it's it's not just America, you know the 1619 project, which is just as much a part of this as anything, is you know they're fighting it in Israel right now. I read a, a quote from uh, uh, the former Israel ambassador to Washington, a guy by the name of Zalman Shoval. Um, he took to, he took to the pages of the of the Jerusalem Post to denounce that 1619 project as fake history. And he pointed out that what? the Nazis and the Bolsheviks were experts in engineering history to serve their political purposes. And, and, and that's one of the things that's being practiced by the Palestinians now. And they're, mm-hmm. all these folks of this like mind, they can just plug and play. They can take the, the Nazis and Bolsheviks out and put the you know, the, the liberals or the conservatives in. Mm-hmm. You know, They can take the Palestinians out and they can place anybody in there. It's a plug and play kind of uh, uh, philosophy um, to where they can use it against people, you know, like they've done to us over the years, and we're just now waking up to it.
2: Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. You are so right, and and I am more than willing to come on whenever you'd like to have me, and I so appreciate awesome. this opportunity
1: tonight. Yeah, yeah it's well, been, been great having you on. I, can I ask one, one last question?
0: Well, I was just going to plug in there and say, you know, we have been talking about it long enough that we need to – um, no, not that. Don't give me that cross-eyed look. What? I swear. You don't know what I gotta put up with in here. Um, <laughs> throw, I'm gonna throw something at you. See what I mean? Um, no, we've been talked about doing we've been talking forever about doing an episode on Agenda 21, which yep. is now Agenda 2030. And yep. this all ties in with with what we're talking about there. It's not mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory, it's fact. Yep. Go to the UN yep. webpage and look at it. I've got it right here in front of me where I printed it off tonight. It's there for people to look at. So maybe right. one night we can all sit down and, and, and go through this some more and, and also talk about how it ties in with the UN and, uh, kind of the new world order as it were. Yep.
2: Yes, absolutely. You so, let me know when and I will be here.
0: Be happy to. Now, Dwight, please oh, enlighten us with your point. M- may I have the floor You for have a the floor. Oh,
1: fantastic. Oh, Thank gonna you. I'm going to cry if I don't. Oh my <laughs> <You're> gosh. <goodness. welcome. laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Um, one final question for you, uh, Miss McCown. Um, so, what other other than people voting for you? Because obviously you're running in Rockbridge, you know, for the school board. What what should parents? What is the path forward you think for parents to get CRT out of their schools? And I know it's well, not not just first, always just pulling the kids out of the school, but what do you see that path as being?
2: So I, I honestly think that that's the the first step they choose to do so. But I don't think that parents should be forced to remove their kids. There's a difference. I believe in education choice, but I don't believe in feeling forced to have yeah. to remove your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I think that showing up to school board meetings, number one, is the most important thing. And I often get asked the question, What's on the agenda? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. Show up. Right, yeah. um, and, and I think just being involved is is really the most important aspect. And when you're wondering about whether or not CRT is in your kids' schools, look in the libraries yeah. because, you know, I promise you, like there are parents in Rockbridge County that are saying, wait a minute, my kid was given an assignment about, ripping down statues because of an Indian murderer or, or what have you. Like let's, let's look at what our kids are actually being given. Let's look at what's in our library and, and let's go from there. But you have to be connected.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I I applaud what you're doing and, and it's, you know, you are an influence to all parents out there. You know, the actions that you're taking. If I was in Rockbridge County, you'd have my vote. Um, oh, thank
2: you.
1: yes. Um, I think you're, you're fantastic. And, you know, I, I think when you get on the school board there, you are going to make the changes necessary for the kids in your county. Um, you know, to, to be trained correctly in the school system. Um, I have no doubt about that at all. I just hope that on, in the surrounding counties, like Augusta County here in Waynesboro, you know, it will wake up people. We saw people wake up for the Second Amendment. We saw it happen with with abortion. I just hope that people are paying attention now as well and they see what you're doing and that uh, their influence do the same thing here.
2: Well, thank you so much. And and I do just want to say, like, I I know that it's it's not traditional for a school board candidate to be um, communicating and going to all of these different areas. But I think that in the end, all across the Commonwealth, we are parents and we want to be heard. So if that means I need to drive 40 minutes to talk to parents about what's going on in our school system, I will gladly do it because we are in this together. This is not a county by county or a magisterial district by magisterial district issue. This is a, an entire state issue and we have to stand up together
0: well it's it's either it comes down between right and wrong
2: yeah
0: you know you want to break it down simple it just comes down between right and wrong and I I, you know I want to say when you were talking the other night uh, for our committee um, not only did I get good feedback on Tuesday night from the county committee but where I was sitting um, during our uh, our committee meeting and you were speaking I was paying particular attention to the looks on people's faces Mm mm-hmm the amount of wide-eyed looks, drop-jawed looks—you know—they were like, "Holy cow, this is really going on in our school system." And you came with uh, with uh, uh, an informed uh, message, but you also brought the books and stuff, and where people could actually see what you were saying, you know, and believe—you know, there was no doubt in their minds. And I know that you made such an impression on them. Uh, we had some guests at our meeting, you know, people yep. that were trying to get involved, and and that's one thing we're doing in our committee. And, and I'm just, you know. I don't believe in, in accidental, uh, uh, a lot of accidental things. Things are done for a purpose, That's you right. know, yeah. um, our, our committee chairman, Danny could not be present at the district meeting. So I sat in for him and that was the night you spoke at the district meeting. When I came back, you know, I, I told our committee, I said, "What well, one of the things that we need to do is not just find good candidates to run for positions in our, in our city, but we need to be able to provide them with the resources and the and the and the expertise in order to when they we get them elected they walk in onto the door on day one ready to go to battle for for whatever you know uh, thing that we we believe in you know whatever their job is and being able to put us together to to meet together and you having an influence on on the people in our committee, especially one of our guests that we uh, yeah. we asked there on purpose because she is a personality a lot like you, um, and <laughs> and she is somebody that I think is going to do great things here in our city, her and her husband both. Yes. And yes. that was the inspiration at, of bringing your expertise to our committee. You know, you really don't understand the impact maybe that you really did have just speaking for 15 or 20 minutes in the little old
1: city of Waynesboro. Well, you know, Morgan, after the district meeting, Jim called me and I'm sorry I missed that meeting. Cause I'm at the district level as the regional vice chair and I'd missed it cause I was out of town. And he's like, have you heard about this Morgan? I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I know her. Yeah. Well, she and I, we go, we go way back. <laughs> See, here he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he got your phone number and I didn't. So, you know, he has that on me. Um, but again, <laughs> the influence you had him at the district level, I mean, People like you know our chairman and, and other other chairs around. As I tour and and do my job as a regional vice chair, I talk to talk to a lot of chairmen. I, I get along to different units, and you know you have a lot of influence in this area. So all I can say is keep up the good work because what you're doing um, it means something. It does mean something.
2: Thank you. I mean that that means the world to me. And this is you know like I said, this has been a battle that I never thought. Never thought that I would be in, ever. Well, you're not alone.
1: Um, (laughs) You know, you've got people that have got your back. You've got two right here that have got your back. So,
2: Well, thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me tonight. I really appreciate it, and, you know, let me know if you ever need me to come back.
0: Well, we're definitely going to do that. And uh, just uh, one final word, you uh, hold up that commitment uh, against all enemies, foreign and domestic.
2: Absolutely. I swore I it, and
0: and I live by it. Amen. I'm right there with you, sister. All right. So uh, hang on just a minute. and uh, But for as for now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off for tonight. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the Liberty Room. That way you get all the updates from all your favorite uh, podcast providers, don't forget also you can go to the libertyroom.com and that is where you're going to find the links to share the liberty room with all your friends and neighbors Oh, there's
1: oh, another link on there too. There is to what? Oh, uh, Wednesdays with Jim, but it's actually to the Jim Wood.
0: Oh, well, well of course, <laughs> yeah. how could I forget
1: that? I know. So I had follow, to remind you. I can't uh, believe that.
0: Uh, well, you know, sometimes my 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 head is so big that uh things rattle around in there and I miss out, uh, you know, I miss it every now and then. Or but What's your advanced age? See I gave him an opportunity and he had to go that drastic. I took it. I know he did. <laughs> anyway so yes the uh, Wednesdays with Jim you can go to the Jimwood.com and, uh, and that will get you everything pertaining to Wednesdays with Jim. Come join in the conversation. It's a two-way conversation uh, where the liberals can see their way out And right. Libertyroom.com That's where you can uh, link to your favorite podcast provider and share it with all your friends. But please, always hit that subscribe button so you can get the first word from the Liberty Room tonight with me and Dwight and also our friend, Morgan McCown. Thanks to Morgan. Thanks to all you all. We will see you next Friday, or you'll hear us next Friday, but you'll see me on Wednesdays with Jim. Wednesday at 9.30 this week, special time. Everybody have a blessed week. Have a wonderful night.